want to thank Chris for leading tonight. Takes the pressure off me. I hope that I can concentrate a wee bit better anyway. Thank you. I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, we'll be reading from verse 14 through to 22. Revelation chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot, or I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with ice eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, will stop with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I, uh, I also overcame. I am set down with my father, in his throne. He that he hath an ear to hear, sorry, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let me just have a wee word of prayer before we think of this tonight. Heavenly Father, I would thank you, loving God, for your word tonight, Lord, and I do pray, loving God, that you might speak through the power of your Holy Spirit through me and to us. Pray, loving Father, you would open up our minds to receive your word, to receive its warning. Help us, Lord, to stay focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ and him only. Lord, I commend this to you. Do ask, loving God, you'll bless us now as we think of your word. Amen. This particular portion of God's word is known really as the lukewarm and self satisfied church. I know when I read it, it was a, a very disturbing words to describe any church. And it's described by Jesus himself. And Jesus had nothing good to say about them. I mean, it's really sad is probably a bit the word that comes to mind, but there was nothing good in them that Jesus could even say, unlike some of the other churches. This is not an in-depth study, by the way, tonight. Because you could get into this quite deeply. There's a lot of issues in it. I don't plan to do that. The city of Laodicea 
comes at the end of seven churches mentioned in Revelation. It was situated at the junction of two or three major trade routes of the time. It's really located in modern Turkey for today, situated in what they call the Lycus River Valley, a natural route of travel from east to west. And that's important to know because that's where a lot of their wealth came from. The Lycus River was very muddy and undrinkable, but about five miles away from the city were hot springs, and they built an aqueduct, aqueduct, and it was used to bring hot water to the city of Laodicea. By the time it arrived, it was lukewarm and undrinkable, and Jesus knew that they would understand what he meant when he said they were lukewarm. knew exactly. I don't know if you've ever tried to drink lukewarm water. I do remember being up in Masada, Israel, and you had a bottle of water, and it was lukewarm to put it mildly. There was no other water. You had no choice but drink it. It was hard to stomach. Lukewarm water is not particularly palatable. A lot of the sea was known for its school of medicine, and in particular, eye salve for weak eyes. And it was exported around the known world of that time. They're famous for their wealth. And I'll tell you how to explain this in regards to their wealth. There was an earthquake in about AD 60, and that city was near enough destroyed. They were offered imperial help from the Roman um, people to rebuild the city, but they declined it. They said, we don't need it. Basically, we are rich enough to do it ourselves, and they did. They rebuilt it out of their own pocket. Gives you an idea of the kind of wealth that they had. Sad to say, they were so rich that it was displayed in their behavior. They were proud, arrogant, defiant, and conceited. And sadly, that attitude permeated through the church as well. The church of the time did not want to rock the boat. They were happy to sail through life with as little hassle as possible. They were not prepared to upset their neighbours, I assume by preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is called to war. Uh, this church was in no way in that situation. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is called to war. We are called to fight the good fight of faith. The war we are engaged in is a spiritual war. I wonder, are you aware of it even tonight? It's a spiritual war that Christ Jesus has already won, for which we thank God. We lose battles day by day, but Christ has won the war. He is our commander. Dilgarat wrote these words. He said, the chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. Arise, O God, and speak the word, and all your enemies will scatter. The sound of war will soon be heard. A shout your warriors will utter. And these are days when the spiritual warriors of Christ need to be alert to stand fast, unlike this church in Laodicea. 
watched a program on TV one night and something came to mind so much that it described the battle that we're in. If you know anything about the Battle of Hastings, the English defenders stood at the top of the hill, shields locked together. There were streams either side of that English army, so they could not be outflanked. The Norman attackers had to charge up the hill, which is never a good idea. But they could not break the line of the English at all. Every time they came, they were repulsed. They couldn't break the line because their shields were locked together. Even cavalry couldn't break the line. While their shields remained locked, they could not be defeated. At one time, the Norman cavalry charged, and part of them turned and ran back down the hill. The English defenders thought they had won the battle, charged after them, broke the line. Calvary turned back on them, and they were slaughtered. No longer were the shields locked together. They lost the battle because they broke the line. While they were united, and shields locked together, they could not be defeated. And I brought to mind simply how the church needs to take this on board. Beware disunity. Years ago you would have heard the, the, the claim, united we stand, the fight it we fall. It is so true. These shields of faith that we possess need to be locked. We need to stand together. The head of our army, as I said, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah describes the Lord Jesus Christ as our commander. He said, the Lord as the shoot of the stump of Jesse on whom the spirit of the Lord will rest. In the opening portion of Revelation 3, Christ is described as the Amen. Amen can mean one of the following. Isaiah 65, 16 says, of the God of truth. The Hebrew word for truth is Amen. God of the Amen. In John's Gospel, chapter 151, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say unto you. And again, the Greek word for truly is Amen. He is the Amen. He is the faithful and true witness. The ruler of God's creation. Beautiful titles for, a beautiful, for the beautiful Lord Jesus Christ. The risen and living Christ gives warning to this church and to all churches today. He warns against listless indifference of dying from moderation and respectability and of being full of self-satisfaction. Sad today that some churches can't be described like that. It's not the Grange, by the way. So don't be panicking. Not a deceit of pride at itself on three things. Wealth, an extensive textile industry, popular eye ointment. And Jesus in verses 17 and 18 makes reference to these things spiritually speaking. Thinking of wealth spiritually speaking, Christ says they were not wealthy, but wretched, pitiful, and poor. What a way to describe the spiritual condition of people. He said of the eye ointment, Christ says they are blind. 
absolutely blind, spiritually speaking. And of the textile, Christ says, they were naked. In Christ, they would have had, they would have true riches that would never disappear. They would be clothed in white to cover their shameful nakedness. Clothes that would, clothes that would never fade or rot. Clothed in his righteousness. We wear a robe of righteousness that Christ has purchased for us. Christ would open their eyes. And they would see the beauty of the Holy One. Christ offered them the very best. Yet they ignored him. They didn't seek purity of life. Nor the clothes of humility and wisdom. And they suffered spurs of blindness. But they could obviously not realize that. The only wealth worth having is the gold Jesus spoke about in this portion. Christ has already purchased for us eternal life. But it will cost to follow him in this life. It could be a cost in time. It could be a cost in relationships. A cost in wealth. Or a cost in health. But it will cost something. Throughout the world tonight. Our brethren suffer even unto death. Because of their stand for Christ. There's persecution in this country. But not to the same degree. Sometimes Christ Jesus has to rebuke. And discipline us because of our waywardness. In order that we might continue to walk the path of holiness. As I said, I'm not suggesting Grange Baptist is like this church in Revelation. But we need to be warned. Lest we fall into the same trap. Very easy to get into. Very difficult to get out of. Always be vigilant and united in the Lord Jesus Christ. And especially in the run up to a mission time. Satan will seek to try and drive a wedge through this church. If he can. And he will try it. And we need to be united together. We need to hold the line. Keep our shields of faith locked together. And we will overcome. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.